and welcome to another episode of the Meet the Translator podcast. My name is Dot and today I'm joined by Aniko, Eva and Luciana for a chat about board game localization. In this episode we'll find out about different types of board games that need translating and what the process looks like, what skills you need for the job, the challenges and of course lots of tips for anyone thinking of specialising in board game localization. Enjoy! Thank you for so much for joining me on my podcast today. It's really lovely, lovely to have you all here for an episode on board game localization. So let's start with some introductions. Uh, Iva, do you want to um, go first and introduce yourself, share what it is you do, and how you sort of got to where you are now? Uh, well, my name is Ivar. Okay, uh, been a player for you know. Actually, I started on video games when I was about five or six years old, so I'm 44 today, be 45 next month. So I've been playing for, you know, almost 40 years. And uh, started out with uh, board games, with uh, those board games, classic board games that were, that are marketed as toys like Monopoly or the Game of Life or uh, Risk and others, right? So, uh, but we have started working with board games like it more recently, a bit more recently, it's 2016, 2017, about that. So before that, I taught English as a second language for over 10 years. And then I started uh, translating uh, my, uh, texts, uh, scientific articles from Portuguese into English. And they were mostly scientific articles in the area, area of nursing and healthcare in general. And then after that, I moved on to novels and nonfiction. Then I have uh, over 60 translated books uh, that I translated that have been published so far. And then 2016-17, we decided to put together this company, our company, and uh, we have been working with uh, board games uh, since then. Not only board games, but also card games and uh, role-playing games, all these analog <laughs> games, if we can say so. It's been interesting because uh, we've been kind of discovering how it, how it works because this is a market here in Brazil that is still young. So things are, are still evolving. We can say that we are, this is still the beginning of, uh, of the journey for the whole country. And most of the companies here that uh, publish board games, they are learning as they go, right? So. Uh, it's been a, a very interesting ride so far. Mm-hmm. And you do that together with uh, Luciana, right? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> What's so, your what? Do you have a sort of company name? Our company is Rook. Yes, and mm-hmm. uh, me and Ivar we, we met a long time ago, more than twenty years ago, as friends and playing role playing games, and uh, then we decided to work with. Uh, we, we worked with translations in general, but we decided to um, uh, work with the specialization uh, in board games, specific mm-hmm. board games, not digital games, but board games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but uh, we nowadays I study, um, I mean, the special, I have specializations in English and we, we teach 
a specialization uh, in board games and so on. So mm -hmm. it's uh, it's very interesting for us. Yeah, it, it, it does sound interesting because we I've done a, a previous episode about video game localization. So I'm sort of interested to hear you know, how board game localization is different. And actually it was after that episode that somebody contacted me and requested a board game episode. So I was like, oh yes, <laughs> that would be really interesting. It's not an area of translation that I really had, was aware of and thought of. I mean, it makes sense that board games need translating, but I just had never thought of that as a as a specialism. So yeah, really interested we, in this. We hear it a lot, you know. The, everybody says, you translate board games? And we say, yeah. Is it an area? Yeah, we do. Is there a market for that? Yes, it does. Can you we make a little come back? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. But. Not, not exclusively from it, but uh, people, people get curious. People get curious. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, Aniko, do you want to do a, a little introduction about yourself and um, what you do and how you got into a little bit of board game translation as well? Yeah, so my name is Aniko Petemondowski and um, I'm a, a Hungarian translator and I usually say that um, I specialize in all kinds of creative translations. So marketing transcreation is one big area that I work in and video games is another one and I've also done a few card games, board games, mostly party games and this is an area that I would like to do more work in but I came through uh, video game localization so one of my clients that I do video game localization for they asked if I could work with some board game translations as well. Okay so can we sort of define, like, what is board game localization? What does it actually entail? Yeah, um, I, I guess. don't know who wants to. <laughs> okay, so, uh, usually, usually when we translate a, a board game or an analog game, like a role-playing game, a card game, or a party game or whatever, basically we want to make the experience of a board game session with friends or with people in a party available in a different, not just a different language, but a different culture. So mm -hmm. we have to adapt the materials, the language, to so this uh, from one culture to the other. We don't just translate uh, things. We have to adapt uh, some of the phrases, some of the references, cultural references to the target uh, audience so they can experience uh, the game uh, more fully. It can be a more immersive experience for them so they don't have to, you know, they don't get lost in translation with their they draw a card or they have to perform an action and they see it's exactly what exactly is this what, what exactly should i be doing i mean and i understand this but i don't i don't really get the context of what exactly this thing refers to i guess there's like different um different kind of board games have different levels of how much language is actually involved in it and how important the language is and then do you ever find that you've got times where you feel like you're basically recreating a whole new board game? Because I'm imagining something like like Monopoly. Monopoly is obviously very culturally specific because it's got the you know the street names, the place names, and stuff like something like that. I imagine you'd have to think up a whole new <laughs> whole new game entirely. Like, do you ever find that? Yes, especially with um, 
party games. It's often they are often centered around language and talking and and uh, I don't know making people guess a word. So you kind of keep the rules, but the actual game itself, uh, the prompt that fully needs to be localized and sometimes completely changed. Mm-hmm. We had a, an experience like that recently had. Uh, where we had to uh, translate into English a Brazilian game, a Brazilian party game. It, it was very, it's, it's very specific. The 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 jokes, the, the the prompts that we have here, and we had to think with um, an international mind. Yeah, because the, the the jokes we get here, it's not that they are not the same jokes you get there. So we had to think a lot about what to use, what terms, sentences, the words, the uh, cultural uh, adaptation, and so on. It was and a challenge, but it, it was very fun. <laughs> yeah, and since you have a limited space, because in this specific case, we're talking about cards, you can't explain things. You have to really change all the references. Not, not all the references, but most of them, especially the ones that are really, really local. And in, in some cases, in, in big countries like, like Brazil, for example, some reference uh, references are regional okay so they are not understood like a couple states over <laughs> uh, by people who uh, uh, did not experience that yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah, we are for example there were references here with uh, our former brazilian president and then how would people around the world know <laughs> and we are in the middle of elections and <laughs> it's crazy we had to rethink everything But it was cool. It was fun. It sounds like it definitely involves um, a lot of creativity. Um, exactly. Both with sort of like coming up with new things, but also like you said, the the character limits, I guess you've got, or word restrictions in certain places and stuff. So like, if you get contacted to translate a board game, which elements do you usually translate and what kind of materials are you given or like reference materials to be able to then do the project typically? Yeah, definitely the instructions need to be translated. Um, the packaging, so the, the box that's in. And uh, sometimes the elements are localized, so you would uh, localize the, the board itself, but sometimes that's not happening. So <laughs> um, And in terms of reference material, if, for example, there um, there is an extension that you are translating and you're working on, then you would get the, the previously translated materials for the, the base game. We, we have a, it's the same here in Brazil. We, uh, people think, oh, so you localize board games, so you receive the game in your house, so you open the box, and no. Keep dreaming. No. I wish. <laughs> I wish. I would love to, but no, never happens. Yeah, but no, never happened. So we receive the files, and we have the, res- the reference files from, uh, as Aniko said, the, the, the basic games, if there is. But sometimes you have the franchise material we have to research what was used in the past for example if, if you get a lord of the rings uh, extension game for something we have to get this reference from the past not recreate a whole new uh, vocabulary or something we use references that were used in films or series or even literature but we get the files and we try to research a lot i think uh, most of our job is to research all the time and a lot because it's a it's it's a serious part of our job to research everything 
especially mm-hmm. in the case of expansions, there have been problems. Uh, not not anymore, but it, it used to be common here uh, for a term in a game, like a, a piece or components to be translated, a mechanic to be translated a certain way for like, for example, the base game. And then for the first, second, third expansions, the, the translators sometimes change. Sometimes the companies, they get other translators to work on the expansions. And there have been cases that have been, they, that are famous, like, like they're uh, infamous, <laughs> should I say, where the, 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 the new translators, they did not respect the terms that were used in the first game. So they changed it and that made players confused. Like, are they referring to the same piece are they referring to the same component or a new rule? Or because it sounds the same, but it has a different name. So uh, and so, this uh, results in uh, recalls or publishing of erratas, or sometimes you have to send uh, new components or new books or new cards to the players. And usually, this this process takes about a year because they have to uh, concentrate all the. Uh, Production. You have to rethink the production cycle of a product. So, a card, a miniature, something has been printed, produced before, so it has to be produced again because that one had an error, and then it has to be resent to the players because of the of all these issues. So, yeah. So, the companies have been here in Brazil. They have been more careful about the, the, the uniformity and uh, of uh, names and terms and mechanics and whatever from uh, one expansion to the others. So we have mm-hmm. uh, one expansion that we worked recently. Uh, we had a lot of material to pr- that had been previously uh, published before to work on, but this happened this year. If it had happened, for example, three or four years ago, we probably would have gotten a message. So, okay, so we need references. We need to know how this was done before. And then the, the, the client will say, ah, well, we don't have the files anymore, so you do your best and we, we will try to do something here. Right? Right. All right. But we are glad that this is not the reality down here in Brazil anymore, or mostly. <laughs> right. uh, the mm-hmm. studios here, they, since there have been many complaints by the players, so they have started to, they, they were forced to be more careful about uh, what and how they publish stuff. Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. It ma- it's making me think of, because um, um, as a subtitler, like when we have a TV series, you generally make sure that there's a lot of the time the same translator will translate every single episode in the series because you want to make sure that you're obviously being consistent with it. But then if any mistakes come up or anything then it's really easy for them to just go and change it a lot of the time because if it's you know being streamed online or whatever they they can just go and edit you know the subtitle can be changed and everything's fine but like I hadn't actually thought about the fact that if that happens with a board game they can't just click the fingers and change it it's like a whole exactly. reproducing the whole game like that's and it's usually not produced different. it's not printed or produced here in Brazil uh, some things we do have, but mainly is in China. So it takes a lot of time to go and reprint and stuff. And then China and mm-hmm. Czech Republic, they, I think they are the, 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 the countries that have companies that are specialized in printing and uh, producing the board game components. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I know you kind of mentioned a few already, but what other types of board games do you each translate? Like, Aniko, obviously you mentioned like party games and stuff. Like what, what other sort of games do you translate? We translate everything. <laughs> we have translated from role-playing games and uh, board games, uh, card games, a lot of card games. There was a, a role-playing games. It's like new for us. We did like two, but board games are our, uh, we do it like daily. And mm-hmm. uh, I think there are no dice games yet, but <laughs> like card games, it's, uh, uh, it, they are cheaper. So the the companies, like, I think they think about the, the value, the, the pricing. So I think it's the what we do mostly. But we, in the beginning, last year, or since the beginning, we have been doing a lot of board games. We started in 2016 with um, Gloomhaven. No, it was the was second project. The second one, yeah. yeah. The, the first second one was project. Gen 7. Gen 7, <laughs> Gen 7 yes. Uh, and Gloomhaven, that's, uh, but Gloomhaven was the, the, the biggest one. <laughs> it's like 10 kilo box of oh, wow. products. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a brand new. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's enormous. I don't remember the amount of words. It was like 140, more than 140,000 words, I guess. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's gigantic, enormous. And uh, it's very famous uh, up here, and uh, people like it a lot. But we worked with it for many months, and uh, not alone. We uh, we proofread it, and um, in, in this project, we translate and we proofread it too for other translators. So it was a huge challenge, <laughs> literally huge. But we do all kinds of games. We like it a lot. We haven't we haven't done. I mean, uh, like uh, some 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 board games, they have a, a an app that you can download on your tablet or cell phone. We haven't worked with this specifically yet, but it might happen in the future. With this component mm-hmm. specifically, even though we worked on games that uh, have this, they have this this feature. They request this that people okay. So we have you need, you need a tablet or at least a cell phone on the table to get this extra content. My, um, I mean, my next question was going to be, how long does it take to translate a board game? But obviously, I imagine it varies massively if you've got this, what did you say, 10 kilo box <laughs> board game compared to like, I don't know. Yeah, some projects you can work like be... in one or two days because they are really, really yeah. short. Others, it takes months, right? It really varies. The ones I've worked on are all um, quicker jobs like card games so that's pretty quick to translate a few days um yeah so i haven't had a 10 kilo box project yet <laughs> looking forward to have one of those uh it's it, it, you know it's it's tough because uh longer projects you have to be really careful about about keeping things uniform right uh because there are sometimes several booklets or it's, uh several cards and, and also the expansions that we talked before and uh, you know there can't be uh, mistakes and I mean they can but they're gonna be costly and somebody's gonna be paying for them right but uh, it's we have to be especially especially careful with these and also some of the some of the uh, of the content on the cards 
usually for people who are not uh, who are not used to, to translating, they say, okay, so I can check with the spell checker and it will give me the, the mistakes I made. Yes, that, that's part of it. It works. But for example, if a card says that, okay, so this player, if you have this card, if you play this card, you get plus two ships on your fleet, whatever, or something. And then somebody makes a mistake in types, not two ships, but 22 ships. ships. This breaks the game. So the, and then sometimes you need to recall and to reprint this part, and then people really pay uh, dearly for uh, uh, a, a large board game, a uh, large set. And then if they have to wait like months until they get these replacement cards, uh, they're not going to be uh, very happy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And I also say make- that uh, just to make sure that everything is also logical uh, when you translate and um, the, the, the players could also follow the rules and how they have to play and the instructions. Um, so I think that's also an important element of it. One thing that uh, a friend of ours pointed out, we, we, and we thought, yes, yes, this is really, really interesting. So we have been trying to do this on our work and tell people about it. Uh, usually when you were playing a game, Sometimes you have to read instructions or to read uh, uh, things aloud to the rest of the table, right? The text that is there in the, in the manual, the rule book or on the card, it has to be readable, like a person has to be able to say that. So the words can't have like conflicting syllables or kind of double meanings, unless it's intended, but mm-hmm. that's something else. But so the text has to be ready to be read aloud to a table, and we have to take this into consideration, not just reading, right? Mm-hmm. That's interesting, actually. I hadn't thought of that. You were saying before about like making sure everything you know stays consistent um, and all that. Do you work like with a cat tool and use a translation memory to help with that? You do. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I think we Everyone is do. just <laughs> nodding here. Nodding. <laughs> I just want to say it out loud because the podcast listeners might be able to see see the nodding. Uh, yeah, there, there was a case. There was a case that uh, one of our clients, the, the client, didn't know what a cat tool was or how it could help the the, the production of the uh, of the games. They usually had the the games translated right in the PDF files. And people who translate stuff, you know that translating stuff straight on the PDF using the notes tool is a nightmare. It can be a nightmare, right? So especially in long projects. <laughs> so we had to educate the client and say, listen, uh, we know you work this way, but if you consider you know, working with, uh, with a cat tool or at least sending us the files that can be used in a cat tool, it would make things easier. Uh, for you, better for us, and uh, better for everybody too. <laughs> uh, we have clients who, who they uh, set the, the the project for us on cat tools, and we have clients who don't know what a cat tool is, and they don't care. <laughs> they just want the job done fast and cheap. You know? <laughs> so we have this. Uh, sometimes we receive and we. Uh, the project, and we say, oh, do you have in this format the file so we can work on a cat tool? If you know what what it is, okay. If you don't know, please. <laughs> it's just how we work, and it's um, consistent because we use the vocabulary there inside, and we try to keep it consistent. We keep the memory for the uh, for other projects, so 
it's much easier, you know. We can't live without a cat tool nowadays. Yeah, it makes sense. So do you work like with a mix of agencies and direct clients or because I'd imagine like an agency would probably, you know, be used to working with a cat tool and sending you those sort of projects. But like, yeah, do you get a mix of agency and direct clients? In, in our case, we have we work straight with uh, the clients. So oh, yeah. they they don't care if uh, uh, we use or not a cat tool. And we just uh, ask them if we have the, the formats that are easy for us to, uh, the files which are easier for us to work on. But we don't work with um, uh, agencies. I don't know about Aniko, maybe. Okay. I, I, in this area, I only work with agencies. Oh, that's, oh. that's different. Um, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> Very different. Yeah. Uh, here in Brazil, this, the board game market is considered too small for agencies to mm. be interested in them. And so the game creators, publishers, sometimes license holders, they contact translators directly. It's different from for uh, video games. Video games, it's, you, there are agencies who, who, who take care of this, but board games is, is not there yet. Okay. Aniko, do you find that like there's a, a few agencies for you that offer board game, or have board game translation clients then? Yes, yeah, so there is um, uh, so there are some agencies that do video games and board games and everything. So uh, they would offer a comprehensive service to anyone who needs any translations. <laughs> and uh, I think there are a few uh, agencies specialized in board games. So they would do only games, either only video games or board games or just board games. Okay, because cool. I imagine like. It's one of those things that often needs to be translated into a lot of different languages. I mean, obviously it depends, but like Ivar and Luciana, like, do you ever collaborate with other translators who can also translate it into other languages? Or do you just sort of let the client find their other translators for the other languages? Or how does it sort of work? It hasn't happened like that yet. What has happened is that sometimes if there's something that is very, something that uh, like a point, uh, in the work that we cannot progress or that we need more clarification, we ask the manager, say, so we're having a problem we're having a problem here. They say, so, okay, I'll check the people with the teams in Italy, in Spain, in, you know, Poland or whatever on the country, and let's see what solutions they've got. But the, the contact is not direct. It's always through the project managers. Yeah. And we sometimes, if, we, if the company requires a, another language, we try to talk with our friends, our community, and uh, some people we trust <laughs> because uh, that are good professionals and bad professionals everywhere. <laughs> so, but we don't. We don't. It's just English and, and Portuguese uh, for us. So, mm -hmm. for example, the one of those games we mentioned before that we translated into English. It was, a, uh, it was originally a Spanish game, so we had the Spanish version, the Brazilian version. And then we had to we had these two languages. Then from that we had to build the English localization. But we did not get in touch with uh, really with uh, any other teams or people in, who worked who had translated it or who would be translating it into other languages. Yeah, something that uh, happened to us once was once no more than once. <laughs> it's a game that it's in another language like German or even Polish, and then they translate into English. And we get the English reference, but the translation is horrible. 
So we have a massive problem because the English version is, we can't understand it. So we have problems in translation, problems in um, the gaming also. So it's a, it was a huge problem for us. And we asked the company, they said, oh, this is a Polish game or this is a German game. So somebody did it, we don't know who. And we said, we have to fix it first because it's not comprehensive for us <laughs> to translate. So that's a problem we had in the past. So to mm-hmm. I can imagine that's kind of difficult. Is it, is it quite common then that a board game might get translated then into English and then, then the English gets sent out to like other language, other, to be translated into other languages? Or is that? Because that's what often happens with like with like movies and TV shows and stuff. If it's like coming from a language, like it's quite a lot with Dutch when it's going from Dutch. If they want it in like, I don't know, Korean or something, then it often goes into English and then they'll have like English to Korean translators. Is it the same sort of thing with board games? Yeah, yeah well, I would say. Yeah. Yes, some, 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 some countries, studios or game creators in, in countries like Germany, France and, uh, and others, they have been, even in Brazil here, they have been producing good games, and then these games are translated into English, and the English translation is used as a base to translate it, uh, to localize it for the rest of the world. Uh, usually it works, mm-hmm. but sometimes, it, as Anna said, it doesn't, right? We, we spent like two hellish weeks with one of these cases that was badly translated into English, and then that's what we had to work with. I, we even told the, the client, dude, this needs a rewrite, you know. <laughs> it would be better for everybody if this was just rewritten you know, from scratch. We know mm-hmm. our translation is not good, but that's because the source text had this, 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 and these other 100 and something uh, problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something different we did was to translate from Portuguese from Portugal to Portuguese in, uh, Brazilian Portuguese. And it was a very interesting... Um, experience for us because we had to get in touch with our <laughs> far mother language in Portugal, <laughs> source language in Portugal, which is completely different. So, uh, but it was cool. It was fun to, to read and adapt to Brazilian Portuguese. So it was really cool. Our only experience until, <laughs> until now. It was really fun. It was really fun because if, if you read the text and if a Brazilian person reads the text in European Portuguese, some of the, uh, the, of the, of the terms, some of the structures, they have, they sound, they either sound funny or inappropriate, right? So uh, we had to <laughs> yeah. adapt that to uh, a language you could, for example, you could read that to your mother and, and she would be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, in English, like everyone would understand, but in Portuguese from, I don't know, Angola in Africa, for example, they speak Portuguese, but a totally different Portuguese. So. We had to have the adapt- the localization for all Portuguese, <laughs> if that exists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because I guess it's also like the cultural, not just the language differences, but the culture as well. Because it's a, yeah, it's a completely different culture. I mean, I have I've done adaptations from like U.S. English into U.K. English, and I I mean I'm guessing it's not as big of a difference. Like a lot of board games in the U.K. I think are just the American English versions, but like. There's still a lot of changes. <laughs> There's still a lot of changes that to be made, yeah. and especially the cultural references. If you've got, you know, jokes and things, and like, you know, you mentioned a president or something. Like, I mean, I feel like, yeah, maybe people know about the the 
US president or whatever, but like they're not going to know things to the same extent and get the same references necessarily. So, exactly. <laughs> Makes sense. But yeah, okay. Well, do you want to tell me what is your favorite project that you've worked on, um, board game localization project? Aniko, do you want to go first? So I have two I would mention. One of them is the, the one I posted about on LinkedIn, um, where the whole game had to be localized because it was language based. So there were prompts and the prompts had to all... Uh, so basically you had to guess the word. But in order to uh, make the other person guess the word, you could only use words that started with a certain letter. So this was a, a creative editing game, uh, editing project game. <laughs> and um, so basically I had to take the, the literal translation and make the instruction fun as well, because the original English also had lots of alliteration. So I had to make sure that the Hungarian had a lot of alliteration. And I also had to go through all the words and make sure that it is possible to explain the meaning of these words with words that alliterate. So <laughs> that was really fun. And the other one was just a little um, game for kids that was with cats and I like cats and it was really cute. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, what about what about you, Luciana? What's been your favorite project? <sighs> Difficult because we have we have worked in I don't know. I, I, I lost the, the count of projects we worked. But as Aniko said, uh, the, uh, we recently worked in a, um, in a version for English, like a naughty, dirty uh, uh, card game. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. And a drinking game also, which was really fun to... to uh, usually when I get the, the project first, because we work together, me and Vera, I try to think about the vocabulary first to set the the the, the references, the, the the research because that it takes a lot of time to stop and search, and it was really fun. I was laughing all the time, like, "Oh my god, what's what? What can I translate into that?" Like, but you had some great a, ideas that I wouldn't have thought of them. I was. Oh, thank This looks. This is good. This is good. Like it's it was really funny. You had you. It's like uh, Aniko said that you had to complete. You know, uh, it's like uh, like cards against humanity. Like like <laughs> some something like that. You know, you have the uh, of the black card and you have to compete with a white card. So uh, it's a and there was a drinking game also that you have like say something and if you don't do something you have to you know get a shot and it was really <laughs> fun to imagine people <laughs> playing that. I had a lot of fun working, you know. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you ever like test out the game? Like you finish translating it, and you're like, right, let's test this out ourselves and make sure it works. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I'm I'm waiting for the weekend. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I can test this specifically the the, the, the drinking one, but uh, <laughs> I, I, sometimes we do. We, we or we buy the game. We ask for the producers, like, oh my god, I have. I need a copy. I need a copy. <laughs> Yeah, the projects I really enjoyed working on was that a game called Unmatched: The Battle of Legends. Where it's a miniature game, and uh, mm -hmm. this one we got to work with a base set and three expansions all at once. And this is one of the this was the game that we had to convince the clients that we could do it better with a catch tool. Like the clients had no idea what a catch tool was, and they were surprised. You know, the, the client was was reluctant to send the editable files, like 
like the IDML files were there for, for the layout. Because sometimes piracy, the intellectual piracy is a problem here. The games are expensive, people, they want to get them all, but uh, they don't have the money to buy them all, so this is a problem. So the client was very reluctant. They said, yeah, okay, we can send you the editable files, but can you sign an NDA for us? Say, of course. <laughs> this is really... All the time. This, this is how we work. Right? And so, yeah. but, but then they realized that they didn't have to, they didn't have to send the, the, the restart the layout process after the translation was done. So it would be done in the, the working files for them. And the game was interesting. It had uh, several interesting figures from literature. Like, for example, you can play as uh, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You can play as uh, uh, Alice from Alice in the Wonderland. And uh, what else? Mm -hmm. Robin Hood and Bigfoot. What else? Uh, Little Red Riding Hood. Uh, some of them, uh, not, not Aladdin, but Sinbad. Sinbad from the Arabian Nights. You can, uh, Sherlock Holmes also is there with Watson. This game was interesting because we had to look into literary references to see how some terms had been translated in our language. So we would try to keep it consistent, keep it uniform with whatever people could or could have read before. Right. So that was nice. <laughs> also, there was another game called Detective. Right. Uh, we have uh, here a classic game called Clue that was translated into Portuguese, and the name was called Detective. And this is not the same game. <laughs> we, have, we did a new version okay. and. Very nice investigative game. Could talk about a couple other games, but they are still under NDA. So, uh, yeah, there were a couple other projects, but no, we, we, yeah, I would love to. You know, one of them, let's let's say, let's uh, let me let me say, let me. People who know it know it, but uh, an expansion of a very famous board game that has zombies in it. If you know it, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think one we had a lot of fun also was uh, Sherlock Holmes, consulting detective, uh, because the vocabulary was uh, used was English from the 16th, uh, 19th. so it 18th, yeah. So it was uh, really challenging for the translators, and we worked in, in the proofreading of it, and we had to work together as a huge team because there are some newspapers you have to. Uh, read the news to find clues, and it was it was really cute, uh, very really cute because we had to we didn't know about the the answers <laughs> of the clues, oh. so we had to guess everybody together in, 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 as a team, and we were like, oh, okay, wait for this answer because we have to read everything to find out what it is where we have to go. It was really fun, yeah, it was really fun. There, there, so you have to work it all. Yeah, there was a there was a huge map. From London in the the Victorian London, and some of the some of the of the places that you you can go to, they they had to be translated. Other places they could not be translated. So we had to be in touch with the with the, the other members of the team because otherwise, you know, things would be a real real mess. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> If you're able to like get all of the board games that you have translated because I feel like if I translated board games like I'd want to go out and like I'd want to go out and buy it like I feel like it's different for me doing like tv series and stuff like I sometimes I'll like I'll like watch it back like with my boyfriend or something I'll be like watch this like I've subtitled this but it's like I can't you know I don't get to have it on my shelf like <laughs> and like 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, impossible to have all of them. It's impossible. There's no available <laughs> space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Luciana. But your husband, he always makes space, right? He, he finds space in your apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know how, how it's like. <laughs> He does. He he he's like a he's like a a girl in the shopping mall coming with a hidden bag, you know, like oh, I bought a board game. It's a card game. It's a small one. We can put it here. <laughs> oh, you must have the best the best board game nights at your house. <laughs> here's like a store. Here's like a store, you know. <laughs> But you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes we we would love, we love to have the the game, the, the box, or other times, you know, you translate the the, the game. You say, okay, it's okay, it's nice, but I really don't really like this one. Like, I wouldn't like to play it, or maybe once just to see how it goes. But this is not really my style, right? Mm -hmm. It happens. No, it makes sense. You're not gonna. It's like not every single project is going to be the kind of game that you would personally play. So. It, it makes sense, just like me uh, subtitling a movie. A lot of them are not movies I would ever just watch. Aniko, I would love to know, what would be your absolute dream board game project? If a client emailed you right now with a project, what would be the dream? <laughs> so whenever I go back to Hungary, we have these board game nights with my brother. You should mm -hmm. see his cupboard full of... <laughs> it's like a store, really. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So he really likes strategy games, so it would be cool to translate something, get it, and then play together. This is what I worked on. And also his kids are getting uh, bigger and they can, like, they are already starting to play board games. So it would be also fun to, to have something that I could play with them. Mm -hmm. That's cute. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Yeah. What What about you, Luciana? What would be your dream project? I don't know. I don't have a. I've I've been a geek since I was born. So, <laughs> and uh, we worked on on uh, some franchise stuff uh, from day one. So, I think we, we I've worked on things I wanted to work. So I'm pretty satisfied with <laughs> maybe something like. Uh, a franchise I, I, I love, I don't know, about uh, Constantine or something like that, but I don't know if there, there is something <laughs> like this <laughs> yet. Actually, as Aniko said, we are, I'm playing a lot of uh, party games with friends, because after COVID pandemic, we can join, so every time we go to a barbecue or something, we take a, a box of cards and just go having fun, so it's... Uh, that's what we are into now. Uh, what about you? Oh, well, yeah, that's gonna be a tough call. I'm thinking here, well, but uh, uh, probably some where I could work directly with the game designers, not uh, at the stage of only uh, the translation, but also to be a part of the creation process. But to answer the question, right, I like uh, role-playing games with uh, shared narrative mechanics. So probably one of that. There's one that I really love called Prime Time Adventures. Don't know if they're going to have a fourth mm -hmm. edition, but maybe. There are, there's two older games that uh, would have been great to work on that I liked. Uh, Frag by Steve Jackson Games, and this is a uh, when you they try to recreate uh, a shooter game from a, a video game and on a board, and it's it's really fun and really fast paced. And uh, what games like Doom or Quake or whatever. This is from the the beginning of the century, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, I, I'm I'm that old. <laughs> And also, there's a Crimson Skies. Crimson Skies yeah, was a, a video game, but it started out as a board game, like a strategy game with an airplane combat. Right? 
And in this course we are teaching the board game localization, we are we one of the of the games that we propose with that we propose for the students to have as a project. It's a free game, but it's really fun and it's really really it's cute. It's called Quests Over Coffee, right? And um, it's like you are basically you go to a coffee shop and this coffee shop serves coffee and it offers you quests and you have to do these quests like during it's a it's a card game for one person like we can play like 20 minutes or half an hour and as i said this is a free game this is a free game and uh we are we're going to ask our students to to try their hand at localizing that because it has cultural references it has jokes it has uh, uh it refers for example some of the cards they have lyrics to songs in english that were popular so we have to try to if they were to translate them into Portuguese, they would have to try to find maybe a song with, that talks about the same topic or maybe something, a quote for, for a book, a soap opera, something that would really help the players to make a connection with the card to uh, something else. Yeah, it does sound interesting. So as we sort of get towards the end of this episode, do you each want to share any advice you have for anyone who is thinking that they would love to get into board game translation? Study. (laughs) (laughs) Study hard. (laughs) Be curious and uh, you have to research a lot, a lot of references that were done to continue in your job, to work on a cat tool. uh, And so you have to study a lot. You have to spend time like watching things, series, films, uh, reading a lot, graphic novels and stuff because you need reference. You need to be a little bit of a geek to do it because otherwise you're going to feel a little bit, you know, lost. Some people say, oh, I want to translate games, but are you a player? No, I'm not. So you can do it, but it's going to be a little hard for you, you know, to, to do it just like guessing things. For us who play, it's a little bit easier because we are used to the vocabulary, mechanics, and so on. So I think my advice would be study hard. <laughs> yeah, it also, it also for, for especially for translators from a, a more technical background who want to, to to go into board game localization, uh, translating the rules of the game it would come naturally for a, a more technical, technically oriented translator, but. Sometimes to translate the context, you have to learn to be flexible. You have to learn to accept that some things, some cultural references or some jokes or whatever, they are not going to be translated the same way. Sometimes you have to recreate that from scratch. And I know some people who have a hard time, you know, adapting their mindsets to translating so freely, you know, let's say that. So you going off the rails like a crazy train. Like, as Ozzy Osbourne would put it. <laughs> or something. And then you go back to the tra- to, 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 to the tracks, of course. But uh, what we what we see in our work here is that you have to be more technical, you have to be really faithful to your original content, especially on the rules, and make them accessible, like Annika said. But then you have to have a healthy dose of creativity with the cultural, with the let's say the the fluff or the environmental or the ambience cards or whatever is not related directly to the rules. I think I would add a (laughs) practical tip that uh, if you can try to look at parallel text, uh, so look at the, let's say the English 
instructions of a video game and the, the instructions in your own language of the same game. And um, that could help finding out how certain things are worded or what kind of vocabulary you would need to use. Um, so that could be my one tip. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, you, you, depending on the language that you were translating into, you have to be concise. You, sometimes you don't have space, you don't have room for long words or long sentences. English is a very practical and language with short words. That, that, that's how it works. And uh, Portuguese, for example, usually a text, if you translate a text from English into Portuguese, it increases in volume by 20 or 30%, so you have to take that into consideration. Some of the, of the games we translate have very small cards, and you can't, you can't go, go verbals on it. Yeah, I would also, also uh, tell people to participate on, on game jams. It's a very good strategy for knowing how it works. There are some uh, print-and-play games on, 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 the, on the internet. Nowadays, you can work on that too. And make a, mm -hmm. like a portfolio for you so you can get into the, the business, to the market, maybe showing your client what you do, showing the, the, the agencies, some adventures you had. You know. Sounds like some good tips. I mean, if my listeners have um, any more questions for any of you or they wanted to get in touch and, I don't know, chat about what you do or anything like that, what is the best way to contact you? Aniko, do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, you can uh, find me on LinkedIn um, or uh, you can uh, check out my website. It's paprikatranslations.co.uk. I trade under the name Paprika Translations, so... That's, uh, maybe that's easier to write than my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have these accents in my name, so yeah, I think it's easier to write paprika. Okay, I'll pop it in the I'll pop it in the show notes anyway, so they can click on the yeah. click oh, on cool. the link and not have to type anything out. <laughs> um, uh, Luciana and Eva, have you got a website for your business or something? We do, but uh, so far our website is only in Portuguese because most of our clients are here in Brazil, but. Uh, uh, you know, we have to start localizing the, our own websites into English to get clients uh, from abroad. <laughs> Still, uh, yeah, well, the, 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 the address is www.rook.net.br or we have an email okay, for mm -hmm. the, both Lucien and I get this email if, you, if anyone wants to uh, write us. It's uh, hello at uh, rook.net.br. And we are also on most social networks. Instagram. Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn. No, not, Facebook. not Twitter. Not Twitter. Twitter is <laughs> no, no, no. too violent. We don't. We don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. Brazilians don't like Twitter. <laughs> Some of them do, but they, these people are really, really aggressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we are not yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I'm not on Twitter either, so I don't oh, really know okay. what goes Ooh. on over there. Um, so <laughs> it's good. I'll put all of, I'll put everyone's links in the show notes. So if anyone wants to get in touch, they can just click the button. Makes it a bit easier. But yeah, thank you all so much for coming on my podcast and chatting about what you do. I've learned a lot today, and it's been it's been really really interesting. <laughs> thank you thank so you much for, for the opportunity. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having us. Guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode on board game localization. I hope you enjoyed it and found it as insightful as I did. Thanks again to Aniko, Eva, and Luciana for joining me. 
Head to the show notes to get in touch with today's guests. And if you have any questions or comments about the podcast in general, send an email to meetthetranslator at gmail.com. Thank you.